I'm about to blow your mind here. Did you know that in God's original plan, way back in the beginning, that nutrition did not come in pill form? I know, right? It's like, what? You got to be kidding me. Did you realize that? Did you know that God's nutrition for us was perfect in food form? That he gave us food that we needed to nourish our bodies and to keep us healthy? Today, we are going to take a big first step in breaking with this worldly mentality that the only way to nourish our bodies is to take a pill or a capsule or a gummy or some form of something that has, quote, nutrition in it, and get back to the delicious, healthy, nourishing food God gave us that is much more enjoyable than trying to choke down a pill. Trust me on that one, okay? So let's dive right on in. I can't wait for you to hear what I have to share with you today. Are you a Christian woman yearning for a beautiful, joyful pregnancy and birth with a focus on God, not medical tests? Are you worried the birth you want isn't possible and you're tired of being treated like an accident waiting to happen? Hey mama, I'm Lori, host of Your Birth, God's Way. I'm a certified nurse midwife now, but I wasn't always. After working for nearly 20 years in the broken maternity system, I too was in your shoes wondering how I could have the birth I wanted and that I felt God meant for me to have. I found a secret that has actually been known since the beginning of time. God's way is the best way. Spoiler alert, God made us and our babies and he knows us best. He designed us perfectly for pregnancy, birth, and nourishing our babies after birth if we work with his design and not against it. In this podcast, you'll learn how to be healthy and have joy during this time of life that will be over before you know it. So if you're ready to reclaim your birth and your babies for his glory, go turn on a few episodes of Bluey for that little one on your hip so you can put the focus back on you for a few minutes with me. If you listened last week, you know I am just over the moon excited to share with you what I've got in store today. I have an interview with one of my heroes here on earth, and she's one of my heroes because of all that she has taught me over the last almost six years. Her name is Sue Becker. She owns Bread Becker's just north of Atlanta in Woodstock, Georgia, and Bread Becker's is a store and it's a teaching facility. She teaches people how to make bread, among other things. I'm gonna let her introduce herself in just a minute. I wanna give a little bit of an apology. No matter how much I learn from her, I always learn more. In part of the interview, you're gonna hear some shuffling of papers, and that's because I was taking notes. I couldn't write down things quick enough. So that's your hint to go ahead and grab a piece of paper or maybe several pieces of paper and a pen because you're going to want to jot some stuff down. You're going to learn some things here that maybe you've never heard in this way. You've never heard expressed this way. And it's going to be some eye-opening moments, I hope. So be sure to be ready to get that stuff down so you don't miss it. You can, of course, always go back and listen again later if you need to. But I just wanted to apologize because you are going to hear some rustling of papers and things like that. Also, this was a very long interview, so this is going to be broken up into three pieces. So you're going to have a piece today. You're going to have a bonus episode later this week on Thursday or Friday. I can't remember which one, (laughs) but you're going to have a bonus episode next week. Make sure you subscribe so it'll pop up in your notifications when it gets posted. And then there'll be another episode next week with it. Following that, I will post an episode with the whole interview straight through in case you just want to sit and binge listen and not have the little interjections by me. But leading up to that, It's going to be broken up into three small pieces, just so it's more digestible, smaller, easier to manage, so you can kind of process what you're learning, okay? 
Can't wait to hear from you about what you think about it. Be sure to let me know, shoot me an email, jump in our Facebook group, share what you're thinking, what you're learning. I just, I can't wait to hear your feedback. So without further ado, let's jump right on in. All right, mamas, I'm so excited to share something with you today that I think is going to potentially change your whole outlook on your nutrition and maybe change your whole way that your family eats. I want to introduce you to um, one of my little, I'm, I'm having a fangirl moment to even have her here, seriously, but this is Sue Becker. Sue Becker is the owner of Bread Beckers in Woodstock, Georgia, which is just a little bit north of Atlanta. And Bread Beckers is a store, but it's also kind of an educational mission. They have a um, awesome, like huge kitchen that and with seats and tables and everything out there. So you can actually go learn how to make your own bread in a way that I bet most of you never have. Um, a little bit about my, me and my history with this back when I was pregnant with my youngest, Abigail, um, I was, I don't know, halfway through uh, with my pregnancy with her, I began to learn about wheat and fresh milled wheat and the impact that it can have on your health. And I decided to go down to Breadbeckers that I had learned about in this process and, and learn about this. And from that day, our family's whole nutrition picture changed. I started grinding my own wheat, making my own bread, and I've never stopped and I've never looked back up until this very morning when that baby that was in my tummy then stood in the kitchen and helped me make the muffins, which as you'll learn, counts as bread, <laughs> helps me make muffins to feed the family, not only for today, but for the next two or three days. When you have real bread, the way that God intended it to be, whole and full and not stripped of the nutrients that he put there for us, that man tends to strip away, you can get almost all of your nutrition without turning to a supplement, without turning to any of the world's solutions, you get what God needs you to have in something that's delicious and not that hard. And so today what I wanted to do is I'm, I'm just so excited to have Sue here to tell you more about this process, more about why it matters and more about how it can truly impact not only your health, but your baby's health and potentially future generations. So I'm just going to stop talking and I'm going to let Sue start talking because she has so much goodness to share with you today. Yes. I just thank you, Lori, for having me on. It's such a blessing to share my story and the nutritional benefits of freshly milled flour and how I got started. And I guess it all started way back when I, many, 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 many years ago when I graduated from high school, I loved science. I loved physiology. I loved biochemistry. And I went off to college, um, University of Georgia, as a pre-med student, realized right away after I got there, I was like, what was I thinking? You know, I, I wanted to be a wife and a mother. I knew that. And so I realized I didn't want to be in school that long. And I didn't want that type of grueling career after I graduated. So changed my major, got accepted into pharmacy school, realized I didn't want to do that either. And through the dean of pharmacy school, he led me to food science. It was an up and coming industry back then. And um, all of my biochemistry and physiology and sciences, um, they all transferred to my new major. So, but after, you know, food science is not... Um, uh, nutrition degree. It's the study of food processing. Now, some of it's good. And I ventured more into food microbiology and the bacteriology of fermenting foods and food um, poisonings and how to, you know, protect from that. 
And so I worked as a microbiologist for Kraft Foods for nearly five years before I had my first child. But even after graduating from college, I continued to study. I read my biochemistry books and I kind of looked at life and your physical body from the standpoint of if something's not going right in my body, I must be missing a nutrient to nourish that system of my body. And I know, I know it's not as simple and, and straightforward as that, but that I believe should be our jumping off place. You know, it's a, a great place to start. So I would read and study and, and um, just continue to learn. And I always believed in eating real food as the basic concept of my eating habits. And when we began to have children, uh, that's kind of, I came home, became a stay-at-home mom like you, and uh, began to homeschool my children as they grew a little older. And we ate real food, um, with the exception of our bread. And in 1991, I was introduced to the whole concept of milling my own grain to make my own bread through a journal, a medical journal um, the that was entitled, How to Greatly Reduce the Risk of Common Diseases. In this journal, the history of white flour was presented and then a brief discussion on many of the common diseases that plague most Americans and how it was directly related to our consumption of this wonderfully processed, I say that sarcastically, processed flour. Now, my background in food science, I have no idea why I never made this connection, um, you know, with my background in food science and then my avid study of biochemistry and physiology. I'm like, how come I didn't know that all these vitamins, minerals, and nutrients and fiber were missing in the bread I was eating? And, um, you know, when I read the word enriched flour and enriched, you know, meant on the loaf of bread that I was buying, I thought the food industry was doing us a favor because from a food scientist standpoint, you know, yay, we're, we're making this better than it would have been had we not, had the food industry not enriched it. And um, I tell you, my eyes were opened that day. And like you, I've never looked back. And here, you know, here's what I learned that grains are the most nutrient dense food God has given us. But real whole grain flour spoils. Only when the grain is left whole and intact, does it is it storable and retains all of its nutritional value. And only when they're freshly milled, do they then give us all the life-giving nutrients that were contained in that seed? I learned that prior to the 1900s, most bread in this country was made at home. And, um, and then it was in the late 1800s, they discovered that if they took the very nutrient-rich bran away, the oil-laden germ away, and left only the white flour, the protein and starch, that the flour wouldn't spoil. So this led to the invention of the steel rolling mills and that sifted the bran and germ away. But what happened shortly thereafter was an epidemic of diseases. And so I, um, learning this information, I went, I'm getting a grain mill. Um, we bought a grain mill for our family. And the health benefits to me were immediate and very noticeable. And it was really funny because, um, you know, wanting to feed my family healthy and doing all the studies and, you know, learning about eating real food and healthy food. I had always read whole grain flour, whole wheat flour is better than white flour. So I kind of knew that in the back of my mind. 
But I was just buying the whole wheat flour from the store, thinking that it was, uh, you know, an acceptable product. But the thing is, it it produced very dry and gritty bread. Never would I've made muffins out of completely whole wheat flour, you know. And um, so I didn't feel like it was such a great option. But so when I read all of this and I bought a grain mill, I really thought that the freshly milled flour was going to be just like that nasty whole wheat flour I was buying in the store. And that, and my idea was, I don't care. This is healthy. If we have to choke this down, we're going to eat this, you know. And to my surprise, when I made that first loaf of bread, oh my goodness, not only did the wonderful smell fill the house, but it was soft and fluffy and delicious with no added white flour, no added white sugar. It was just so good. And for me, like I said, I'm an all or nothing kind of person. So I literally was like, if we have to choke this down, we're eating it. And um, we went all in. So um, white flour, white bread has not been in our house since 1991. Um, The health benefits to myself were very immediate, very noticeable. First day, my constipation was gone. Had struggled with it most of my life, even as a young child. And now all I had to do was eat my bread. And that was never an issue and has never been since 1991. Um, I had five young children at the time when we started. And so I was and I was a homeschooling mom and we were active in church and baseball and laundry and husbands and schooling and all of that. But I noticed my energy level greatly increased. I had three really young children. um, And you kind of notice when your energy level is when you have more energy than when you don't. And I noticed that my sugar cravings greatly diminished. My frequent headaches went away. My sinus congestion went totally away, never to return. And I think like you, you mentioned the overall health of my children. You could just see a difference and notice a difference. There was no more snotty noses and, and all of this and ear infections. None of my children since bread have had ear infections. And um, anyway, and uh, I just... The bread was delicious. That was, I think, the main thing. This was healthy food. I didn't have to coerce my toddler to eat. You know, I didn't have to say, eat your broccoli. In fact, from then on, it was just eat your bread. I don't care if you don't eat anything else. Um, And I think every mom of young children struggles with getting their toddlers to eat. So for me, it was easy. Um, Grains are the most nutrient-dense food God's given us. So I was like, that's probably better than anything else on that plate. Just eat it, you know. So needless to say, I became very excited because I saw the health of our family change so much. And um, I began to bake bread for other people. And the next thing I know, they were noticing health benefits. I think you mentioned a friend you took some muffins too that was dealing with constipation and in her children. Boom, just done. And so the next thing I knew, they were calling me and saying, hey, where can I get a grain mill? Will you teach me how to make bread? So that's how Bread Beckers started way back in November of 1992. And um, I have been on this path of educating others. The more people shared testimonies with me of how the bread changed their life. And and many would say, it's the bread. This is the only change I made. And that, that, that happened. I would pull out my biochemistry books, my physiology books, and go, what is in this bread that could change, that, that could make this um, change to someone's health so drastically and so immediately? So I thought um, this morning uh, or today to lay the groundwork that maybe I would go through the history of white flour. I touched on it a little bit, but I thought I would just give it in a little more detail 
so that um, you'll better understand what I'm talking about later when we talk about specific nutrients um, that can help during pregnancy. And so, um, you know, let's start in Genesis chapter 1, verse 29. God gave us two kinds of foods. He said, I've given you um, plants that bear fruit for your food which is great. And that includes fruits and vegetables. Those are wonderful foods, very nourishing to our body. But in his great loving kindness, he says, I gave, and I'm giving you plants that bear seed for your fruit. Uh, I mean, for your food. And that's very important because fruits and vegetables, they do give us lots of vitamins, minerals, soluble fiber. They're very nourishing to us, but they, all of them decay and rot over time. And so, um, you know, you may not always have them from one harvest to the next. Grains, on the other hand, plants that bear seed. And, and when I say bread, it can be any kind of grain or bean. So a pot of beans and rice is bread to me. A pot of grits, a tortilla, a muffin, a, a slice of bread. So he gave us grains because they're storable. So we always have nutritious food available. So um, that that's really important. And when I say grains and beans, nutrient-dense food, God has given us, there's only a few nutrients that you can't get from most grains. And those nutrients you can get from, guess what? Fruits and vegetables. So a little bit of anatomy here of a grain. It's a seed and seeds are made, they all have basic same structure. Some are a little different than others, but most like seeds, have a hard outer surface called the bran. It's several layers thick. The bran includes lots of fiber, lots of insoluble fiber, but lots of vitamins, minerals, B vitamins, just loaded with nutrients, a lot of phytochemicals. The germ then is the interior part of that seed. That's where the plant comes from, the little sprout. That's why it's called germination, (laughs) um, because that's where the, the roots and the little sprout plant. Everything else in that seed is known as the endosperm, better known to you and I as white flour. That's little packets of protein and starch, proteins and starches that our body needs, but it's missing all the vitamins and minerals. But to the seed, that protein and starch is the food for the germinating plant. That little sprout breaks down and eats that, uh, you know, consumes that protein and starch until that plant can then grow roots and leaves to get its nourishment from the soil and from rain and sunshine. But here's the deal. Left whole and intact, just like I've mentioned several times already, that seed is storable and all those vital nutrients are retained. But what happens when you mill that flour, when you mill that grain into flour, A process known as oxidation begins almost immediately. And then in the first day, you you already are oxidizing out many, many, many of the vitamins and minerals. And I think you don't have to be a scientist like me to have seen oxidation. Don't even have to have a laboratory. Um, You know, we've all cut an apple and seen it turn dark. That's oxidation. You know, we've all had bananas and whatever. And we all have probably read, you know, every day that fruits and vegetables are stored or even hanging out on the tree. What do they do? They rot and decay. And that's an enzymatic process that's diminishing the nutritional value of that fruit and vegetable. But not so with your grains until they're milled into flour and all those vitamins and minerals are exposed to oxygen. So just like apple turning dark, 
those nutrients are oxidizing. So um, not only are we losing nutrients, but the flour actually spoils. The oils that are in the wheat germ begin to go rancid and they become bitter. And so real whole grain flour spoils. And this is something that's kind of unknown to most people. They don't make that connection. So what they discovered in the late 1800s, if we take away all the bran and we remove away all the, the germ that's, you know, and the oil in the germ and leave only the protein and starch, that flour won't spoil at all. This was considered a great discovery, and it led to the invention of these huge steel rolling mills that would crush the grain, sift the bran and germ, which is coarser than the white flour, sift it away, and leave only the protein and starch, the white flour. The flour wouldn't spoil, and what happened was this was considered a wonderful discovery. Eventually, the steel rolling mills took over the flour milling process in our country. Local millers went out of business. Um, they moved out to the wheat fields out west, and white flour and white bread became food for the rich and poor alike for the first time in the history of the world. This is something that happened around 1910, and you'll never, you'll never study this in your history classes, but it happened. And what happened then was totally unexpected. Like I said, this was considered a wonderful discovery. But, you know, God has a warning in his word. And I believe it's Proverbs 14, verse 12. And it says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. And what happened when white bread and white flour became, for the first time, food for rich and poor alike? Three diseases became epidemic at the time. And this is why I felt so led to share this information because they were B vitamin deficiencies. Beriberi. It's a nervous disorder. It is a B1 deficiency, which is thiamine. Pellagra was the third epidemic disease. It's a vitamin B3 deficiency. Really plagued the southeastern United States. In fact, the first cases of pellagra were diagnosed right here in Atlanta, Georgia. There were over 30,000 cases of pellagra in the first year when they discovered it. First, they thought it was an infectious disease, but they eventually traced it to the missing vitamin B3. And um, this is a very debilitating disease. It results in um, skin eruptions, horrible burning, stinging skin eruptions, particularly around the nose, GI disturbances, terrible dysentery, diarrhea, abdominal pain, dementia, mental insanity, and finally death. In fact, it's known as the, the disease of the four Ds, dysentery, uh, dermatitis, dementia, and death. And like I said, it particularly plagued the southeastern United States. And then the third disease was anemia. Now, like I said, um, they thought first these were infectious diseases and it was puzzling health officials all over our country. But they eventually traced the problem to the new white flour that was now commonplace. Everybody was eating it. It was, you know, you've heard the old saying, the best invention since white bread. Well, that wasn't such a great invention. And um, the they eventually urged the millers, you've got to put the bran and germ back in once they discovered that that was the problem, the missing B vitamins and iron. 
And um, but the millers were like, mm, no, we can't do that because they had already found a very lucrative market for the Brannon germ. They called it the byproducts of the milling process. This was sur- sold to the cattle feed industry. And you know what? It's still done today. And as the steel rolling mills started here in America, they have now been popular. They've uh, gone all over the world. And I find this even in other countries that are starving. Um, one of my trips to Haiti, where we've helped build a bakery there, I found a big sack of Brandon germ in the marketplace being sold. And when I asked one of the young men what that was, he said, oh, that's pig feed. So it's still done today all around the world, not just here in America. So um, eventually, though, as these diseases continue to escalate, the government did step in. And it was in 1948 that the... Um, they um, instituted enrichment process. They demanded that the um, millers had to fix the flour then if they weren't going to put the bran and germ back in. For the 35 to 40 nutrients, really countless, I don't know how you could really even put a number on it, um, that are lost by removing the bran and germ, they only put at that time three B vitamins and iron back in. And then 50 years go by, they watched the rising incidence of birth defects, and they traced it to the missing folic acid that was no longer in the freshly milled flour. Was no, I mean, it was no longer in the white flour. Um, and um, so they said that they now had to add the folic acid to the enrichment process of this new white flour. You know, supposedly... This took care of beriberi, pellagra, and anemia. But I always have to ask this question. How many nervous disorders do we have in this country today? How much GI disturbances, skin eruptions, mental insanity? You know, how much did we have? Did it really, really fix the problem? You know, Isaiah 55 verse 2 says this. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your earnings for what does not satisfy? And honestly, even as a science major, as a food scientist of all things, and a, just an avid love of physiology and biochemistry, I never knew that what I was buying and feeding my family wasn't bread. And it wasn't satisfying us, really. It may have filled our bellies temporarily, but it certainly was not satisfying our nutritional needs. And it was actually making us sick instead of bringing nourishment to our body. So I wanted to lay that groundwork if you have any any questions before we go on. Um, But I just felt like that would explain a lot of what we're going to talk about next. And, you know, um, I had five young children before I started milling my grain and making my own bread. But once I did, I never looked back. And I remember I used a doctor that used nurse midwives in his practice. He was one of the first. In fact, he was the pioneer that actually brought it to the forefront that made other doctors start using nurse midwives. But um, so I remember they had the same group of nurse midwives had been with me from my first child all the way to my seventh child. But after my fifth child, when I started milling my own grain and making my own bread, she even made the comment to me. Um, that I no longer needed to take the additional folic acid supplements that they were doctors were prescribing then because they knew of the connection 
to birth defects, she said, you no longer need to take that. You're already getting that naturally in the bread you're making. So that was, that was my first thought of how nutritious this bread is and that, um, I didn't need that extra supplementation to make sure that I was getting all of the folic acid I needed. So that lays the groundwork of how nutritious this bread is and um, how it supplies nearly every nutrient that our body needs to make us healthy, give us the nourishment we need, but also the unborn child that we're growing inside of us. Oh my goodness. If you could see my paper, it looks like I'm sitting in college and, and guys to, I've heard all this before numerous times and I just, every time I hear it, it just, it sickens me on one level that we even have to talk about this, but it's just so encouraging because God gave us perfect what we need. We don't need to enrich something that God gives us. It has in it what it, what's needed for our bodies. And when you look at, you know, when we use it God's way, you have everything. And then man takes away almost 40 nutrients and oh, we'll just add back four. Why yeah. do we, why do we want to go this route? And you, you said this started the the epidemic deficiency from the deficiency of B vitamins started. I think you said 1910. Did you say they started enriching in 1962? 1948. Oh, 48. Well, either way, that's yeah. like 38 years. Yes. So, and, then, and then 50 years later, watching the rising incidence of birth defects, that can almost make you upset. That's an entire generation. Before they then mandated that folic acid be added. I mean, that was after I started having children. 1998, um, I had already, well, I had already had all of my children. Yeah. Before they started adding um, folic acid. And the cautionary tale there is just because they tell you you're doing good, Maybe they don't really know. Or maybe when they tell you that something is safe for you to take, maybe they don't know. No, they don't. And it's just a sad thing that we, that the food industry has altered the most perfect food God has given us. And that, that saddens me, you know? And, um, so I just, it, it's become my passion to educate people on the health benefits of milling your own grain and making your own bread. It's one of the best decisions that I ever made for my family. It literally changed our lives. I mean, in more ways than one, we ended up starting a business and here we are 31 years later, just as passionate today as I was when I started, because I continue to learn. I continue to study. I mean, even before we started this interview, I pulled out some of my biochemistry books to just look up a couple of of other things. And I'm amazed. I'm ready to do a whole podcast on, (laughs) you know, on some of the things that I have learned. And, um, you know, I do want to, before I touch on a few um, um, complications that we can see during pregnancy, I do want to make number one a disclaimer. I'm I'm not don't want in any way anything I say to be taken as an over oversimplification of problems that can arise. Um, there is no cure all or magic pill. We can still have things. We're exposed to you know different things in life, and hey, we live in a in a fallen world. And then the other thing is, I don't want any mother or anybody to feel guilt tripped. Um, I didn't start this journey until I already had five children 
And, um, you know, I could look back and go, oh, I wish I hadn't immunized the first five or, oh, I wish, you know, we could have avoided this, this and this. No, I started the journey and I, I can't look back with regret. I can learn, but I certainly never want to put any type of guilt on anyone, you know, if they've had some complications that you did something wrong. Um, that's not the motivation here. It, it, the motivation here is to seek God, get his wisdom and share what we have learned so we don't make, you know, mistakes going forward. Absolutely. I, I just, it just kept coming in my head when you know better, you do better. So yeah. you, you can't, you can't look at what you didn't know. You exactly. all, you can, when you, it's just like my journey as well. I didn't know any of this until I was pregnant with number three, but once you know, and, and the other thing is once you know it, you can't unknow it. Right. <laughs> once you, um, like when you look at, um, what happens and, and you touched on the oxidation, but you didn't go into the numbers specifically. When you look at when you grain or mill the grain within 24 hours, half of the nutrition almost is just yeah. gone into the air. Well then why not just mill it and use it then so that you right. can capture that rather than buying a dead flour on the shelf of the store that again, like you said, Doesn't makes it, nasty yeah. bread. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I found a recipe the other day that it was supposedly whole grain and the recipe said, however many cups of all purpose flour, which is your store bought in a bag, yeah. And then however many cups of, of germ and a brand. And I thought, well, I, don't I guess all I need to do is just add all those together because it's already there. And it, but they call that whole grain. <laughs> yes. It's like, I, or you could just have the whole grain. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the reasons I had to write a cookbook because I would buy, you know, when I first started, I would buy these whole grain cookbooks or, you know, magazines would say, oh, cooking with whole grains. And it would be white flour with a little bit of whole wheat flour or maybe wheat germ or some bran added. I'm like, that's, that's not what I'm thinking. And so <laughs> that's why, you know, I, I put together our little recipe collection that you can get on our website. And then in 2016 wrote, uh, published a book with over a hundred recipes called the essential, essential home ground flour book. And cause that's what I needed and wanted to do. But, um, you know, I, it, it's interesting because we we've, we've gone over you know these B vitamins and I, I'm just amazed when you do if you do a nutritional research or something like that and you start looking at critical vitamins for this disease or whatever if you start looking up food sources most of the time it's wheat whole grains oats wheat germ wheat bran you know um, it's it's everywhere and um, that's what so in, inspired me and. Um, it was funny when, when we had, uh, we, we did buy a bakery some years ago with our children, um, cause Bread Beckers was already established and we had, um, incorporated with a longtime friend. And so our kids kind of wanted a business. So we did have a bakery and we decided that we, we milled the, um, flour fresh and then we baked the bread within, you know, soon as we the flour was finished milling we stirred up the dough and and they baked the bread and once the bread is baked the nutritional loss is minimal i do want to reiterate that um so it's that freshly milled flour that oxidizes so rapidly but anyway so we sent our bread off to have it laboratory tested we didn't want to just put you know so much of the nutritional labels that we read on the back of products it's just put in plugged into a database and then boom there's your nutritional um 
um, amounts, your nutritional amounts. And we didn't want to do that. We actually wanted to have the bread tested. And we, I can't, I still just laugh. The lab called uh, us, the bakery, and said, um, what are you enriching your flour with? And we said, um, we're not enriching. And they said, no, no, you don't understand. What vitamins are you adding to this flour? And we said, no, we're not adding anything. We're freshly milling the flour. No, no, you don't understand. I mean, it was three or four times they kept saying, <laughs> what, what are you fortifying? What are you, what are you putting in there? And we said, nothing. We're milling the flour fresh. And they said, this is unbelievable. All those B vitamins, B1, B2, B3, you know, that cause the, that the missing B vitamins cause those deficiency diseases, those epidemic diseases, they were all in the freshly milled um, flour, I mean, in the bread that we were making from freshly milled flour and vitamin E, um, 100% of your daily vitamin E is in one slice of bread made from freshly milled flour. That's pretty phenomenal because wheat is the most, um, uh, is our best food source of vitamin E, the wheat germ. It's our most significant food source of vitamin E is wheat germ, and yet it's stripped out of our white flour, and it's never put back in the enrichment process. Like I mentioned at the first, this was a super long interview. It was a great conversation I had with Sue, but it was just really long, so I want to break it up into some small pieces for you. So we're going to end it for today. Be sure you subscribe and turn on your notifications so you'll get the notification. I said notification twice there, right? <laughs> so you'll get the notice that the new episode is posted later this week and also next Tuesday. I hope that you are just, as like I was, overwhelmed with all the wonderful information you just heard. There's going to be so much more to come. Let me know what you think. If you haven't already, leave me a review over on Apple Podcasts. I know that seems like a really little thing, but that helps me so, so much. But I also would love for you to jump in our Facebook group if you haven't already. Leave me a comment or a post there. Let me know what you think about what you've learned this week. And maybe tell me one thing that you're already thinking that you're going to change, something new that you're going to do. Mama, if I can tell you one thing, one thing to resonate with you, I want you to know you can do this. I know it seems like a huge jump. I get that. I did that. But guess what? I did it when I was pregnant. I think I was four or five months pregnant with number three. So I had a three-year-old a one and a half year old, and I was pregnant. And that's when I made the change. Because once you know something, you can't unknow it. Once you learn something, you can't unlearn it. And once you realize this simple way to get so much nutrition into your family in such a relatively easy way, how can you not do it? I hope that you are marinating on this and chewing on this and that you're ready to make that jump. Stay tuned for the rest of the interview later this week so you can just get more and more information if you have questions in the meantime shoot me an email lori at yourbirthgodsway.com or like i said hop in our facebook group can't wait to see you next episode real quick if today's episode blessed you in any way would you head over to apple Podcasts and leave me a quick five-star written review it'll take you less than a minute but it's the best thank you you can give me and it will help my show to reach more mamas just like you so we can all find God's best for our families. I'll see you right back here in a few days.